Hi everyone and welcome to This Week in Lies, the podcast where we ask the question, why save the whales? What have they done for me recently? Joining me as usual are my co-hosts Adam. Hello. And David. Hello. So yeah, uh, we took a week off last week because Adam was very otherwise engaged doing something, hitting balls with wood. That sounds weird, but... That's not the real reason. We were so disgusted with what Luis Suarez did the week before that we could not continue. It I took actually, us this long to get over it. I actually bit my laptop, which is why we're not <laughs> recording on it at the moment. Yeah, if you notice a change in the sound quality, it's because we're going on Fish's laptop this week, and it may not be that good. It's a cheap Windows computer. It's not buy a Mac. Not all of us are rich enough to buy a Mac, Adam. That's why you haven't got a job. <laughs> right. Well, Adam. Right, we're going to talk about gun control failure. So, strap in... <laughs> Get in a safe place. Get a gun. Very, very easily and maybe pointed at your face. (laughs) Um, President Barack Obama has lashed out at senators who uh, shot down a bipartisan plan to support expanded background checks on firearms, and yes, pun intended. Uh, He said it was a pretty shameful day for Washington, Um, but the effort is not over. Uh, 54 senators backed the plan, but that was short of the 60-vote hurdle needed to clear the chamber. Uh, Gun rights groups, or lunatics as other people like to call them, (laughs) hailed the defeat of the measure, arguing it would violate the right to bear arms. Not all bias there. (laughs) I didn't see any bias in there. (laughs) Um, Yep, so they think it's going to violate their right to bear arms. Uh, The proposal, put forward as an amendment to a broader gun bill, sought to widen the current checks to include online and unlicensed gun show dealers. Seriously, America, what are you doing? Um, Barack Obama is campaigning for tighter gun laws after 26 people died, yeah, take that in, in a school shooting in Connecticut. And that's not even your first one. Come on. Um, The bill was known as the Manchin-Toomey plan, which was probably always going to fail for having such a stupid name. Um, It had already been dropped as a proposed ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines before voting had even begun. Everyone needs an assault weapon on... I don't have to. What if multiple burglars come into your house? <laughs> Maybe, say, a hundred at a time. What are you going to do? You don't... The core, <laughs> the core of the plan was increased range of background checks on gun purchases, and the National Rifle Association, or the National Association of Lunatics, had claimed the measures would set up a national gun registry and ban gifts between families and friends. <laughs> Guns! <laughs> Seriously! But the plan measures actually exempted such gifts and prohibited any creation of a gun registry. But if you make your own facts, you don't have to play by the rules, so it's fine. Uh, Obama said the pressure group had willfully lied about the bill. Um, emotions were definitely running high during the debate, with people accusing those who voted against the manager, the measure, sorry, of abandoning the 54 killed at Sandy Hook school massacre and uh, former representative Gabby Guilford's um, was understandably very interested in the outcome, having survived being shot in the head in an attack that killed six others as she answered voters' questions. But in the end, every Republican representative and six Democrats voted against the plan, leaving America at a stalemate. Just have a couple of seconds to yourself. Look at, look at yourself in a mirror, America. And don't punch yourself. So not, not shot all the mirrors in the country to pieces, probably. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, gentlemen, opinions are I have absolutely control. no opinion at all. It's impossible to have an opinion that wants to make sure that people who have the ability to kill other people are doing so in a legal and lawful way and aren't insane. But, Baron, if we don't have guns, the government will kill us all. That is genuinely some people's opinions. That's good, possibly. <laughs> Maybe they just wiped out at the problem, then. Yeah, but the thing is, if the government wants you dead, they have drones. drones. Yeah, yeah, this is what I don't understand. You know, people uh, complain about drones all the time. Like, they can just send one to downtown New York and uh, kill Joe P. Public down there. He's worried about his 9-11 handgun not being allowed. Or his, you know, his 44 Magnum going, oh, well, if I can't have a 44 Magnum, the police are obviously going to break down my door, beat me to death, and nothing will be done about it. It's like... Uh, we talk too much about gun control, I think, because this is the key. This is the king troll that America still has, is gun control. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> it honestly does defy belief at this point. The thing, but to be fair, to back up the people who are anti-gun control, in the last 30 years, around 4,000 people have been killed by terrorism, and only 900,000 have been killed by guns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Isn't, which one's the bigger number there? Yeah. And in countries that don't have, or do have, you know, a lot of gun control, those numbers are drastically smaller. Sort of like, you know, 90% smaller than American death rates by guns. Yeah, the actual percentage when you boil it down is, is ridiculous. Britain, yeah. for example. I mean, when's the last time you genuinely hear of a major shooting in Britain? There aren't any. Because no, it's too difficult to get too hold difficult of a gun. To get hold of a gun. And the police are unarmed. That says enough about our country. If you there don't isn't. give people guns, people don't get shot. This yep. is simple. <laughs> but that's These a... are facts. <laughs> ben, what? Right, you're making a very sensible point there. And the only problem with that is, is when it gets spun in America into government want to take my guns away. Essentially, what? My baby. What? What the problem is there, Ben, is is that you're actually a um, liberty-hating communist. Yeah, yeah. You're anti-American. Yeah, you yeah. may as well be as Islamic terrorist. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. Go and blow up somewhere with a plane, Ben. That's, it. That's exactly what you want to do. Or whatever. Oh, good grief. Let's not even get into <laughs> yeah. that. We do not have time. No. Plus, 86% of people in a poll by, I think, CNN said they wanted uh, expanded uh, checks for guns, like mental health background, just cursory cursory background checks. Yeah, but as you know from that, David, from what went on in the Senate, of you can be the majority and you don't actually win the vote, so it yeah. doesn't matter. What were the Democrat, Democratic people who voted against it doing? Smoking exactly? a lot of weed. Yeah, they're <laughs> like, dude, it's 420. <laughs> they... they, they the thing is, is the Republicans were always going to vote against it because they cannot vote for anything that Obama likes because it would be seen as him it's, winning. It's pork barrel, isn't it, at the end of the day? They can't vote for anything that is seen as anywhere near anti-American or, you know, bounded slightly on the Constitution. That's impossible for them. Yeah, it's what the point I was going to bring up there. Basically, the Constitution is so sacred because America has such a myth about them being the best country in the world. And <laughs> that, that myth, basically, the Constitution is like their Bible of how they're the best country in the world. And if you change that, you're, change, you're basically saying America's a piece of rubbish. Yeah, but the, the people who love the constitution so much and deem it to be sacrosanct and cannot be changed 
in the wake of the Boston bombing said, oh, we should get rid of quite a lot of the sections that prevent the police doing what they want to do. In, uh, prevent people getting tortured for information, etc. The right to a fair trial. I think you mean intense interrogation tactics. Cruel and unusual punishment. Really it's just... It I think waterboarding um, is fun for everyone. <laughs> America needs to realise it's 2013. Britain does not want to own you anymore. You're too messed up. We're pretty bad, but you're even worse. No one is going to come. The Muslims are not going to come and take over you, all right? You don't need to worry about it. Change your bloody constitution. Plus, quite a lot of the things weren't in the original constitution. Does this mean we should ban all and any amendments that were ever made to the American constitution? Yeah, some people in the South would say that for certain things, definitely, yeah. Yeah. And one of those would be the right to bear arms. Is that also oh, yeah. about uh, the right of black people yeah, to do yeah, about as they please? Which happened in, like, the 1900s. Yeah. So, America, look at yourself in the mirror, and then I'm going to give you a slow, sarcastic clap. You have failed as a state. Well done. Start again. North Korea should win and blow them all up, is what we're saying. Well, now, Fish, be careful. You will be put on some kind of list for comments like that. Come at me, American government. you got nothing on me. Does anyone hear a drone? <laughs> Guantanamo Bay news now. Yes, and this is news that US President Barack Obama has pledged a new push to close the prison at Guantanamo Bay in Cuba amid a growing prisoner hunger strike there. At the White House, Mr. Obama said the detention centre was contrary to who we are and harmful to US interests. He cited recent convictions of terror suspects to argue that the civilian justice system was adequate for such trials. Congress has recently blocked efforts to close the prison, but Mr. Obama said he would renew renew discussions with lawmakers. Um, Mr. Obama told reporters that he'd asked for a team of officials to review operations at Guantanamo and said he was not surprised that there were problems there. It's inefficient, it hurts us in terms of our international standing, it lessens cooperation with our allies on counter-terrorism, and it is a recruitment tool for extremists and needs to be closed, Mr Obama said. He described the detention facility at Guantanamo Bay as a lingering problem that would worsen if it remained open. I think it is critical for us to understand that Guantanamo is not necessary to keep America safe, Mr Obama told reporters. He said that with the war in Iraq over and the detention authority in Afghanistan transferred to Afghan forces, the facility in Cuba was no longer necessary. Mr. Obama said he would help or he would need the help of Congress to devise a long term legal solution to the prosecution of the detainees. So what do we think in terms of I mean, this has been dragging on for quite a while. now. It seems quite a familiar promise, doesn't it? Say maybe from before he was president, about five years ago. Mm. Yeah, but the, the key term in all of that story is with Congress's help. So it's never going to happen because they will not do anything to help anyone. Well, yeah, especially not against, well, when they're national which, Whichever way inclined they are. These are the people who pump money into aircraft, um, into the uh, aircraft federal agency to give them actually more people to manage flights because they're all going on holiday. They literally did do that. So yeah. they've got more pressing concerns than getting rid of a human right violation. Well, and the fact that at the end of the day, is it not okay? They just think, oh, well, you know, some people will get caught in there that aren't aren't terrorists and some people that are terrorists will be caught up in there. That's kind of right. some of the price that people in America are willing to pay, saying, 
you know, it doesn't yeah. matter really if it's kind of thing with drone strikes almost where they say, yeah, some civilians die, but some don't, yeah. you know. It's funny that on this issue, the constitution isn't such, you know, a sacred document. It's like, yeah, they're quite happy <laughs> to go with it against it on this because it's in Cuba well, and they're and dirty communists. They're not so, US yeah. citizens yeah. more often than not. They're not they're enemy combatants. They're enemy combatants, which means they don't have to be covered by certain conventions conveniently that they didn't sign or forgot to say that they were signing. There is also the major fact, and this is slightly controversial, I think they should open Guantanamo Bay all over America. It's the only place on American soil where you can get free healthcare. Yeah, that's a good point. And free food. So there you go. The welfare system in action. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. When people say prisoners have got a good life in Guantanamo Bay terms, they might actually have a point. Yeah. And the thing is, right, is if they weren't guilty, why were they hanging around with people who were guilty? And if you look at the conviction rate, it may only be small, but... When we say small, we do mean... In decimal points. Yeah. <laughs> but there's still, a, there's still a conviction rate. So for me, all that says is it works. They looked what? guilty. They did look guilty. <laughs> Should we talk about, Ben, you were going to say about how many people are actually yeah, well, on hunger strike? This is one of the things. The official line is something like, out of 116, there's about 100 people that are on hunger strike. According to someone who'd been to visit the camp quite recently, they said that it was actually probably close to maybe five people who weren't on hunger strike. Was he allowed to leave after he visited? Yes, they were. They, they were okay. reported. So, you know, say if there were... Um, 116, they actually think it's probably closer to the 116, maybe all of them now. Um, they said it was close to possibly 95 to 97% of all the prisoners that were in there were on hunger strike. Um, and the number in, from the Guantanamo Bay official source keeps actually creeping up as well. So the amount every month that start being on hunger strike keeps going up. Naturally, in, in actual fact, the people who've been there for quite a while said, yeah, it's, we've all been on hunger strike for maybe six months. It's thing... only just got out now as well. Yeah, and the thing is they're being fed through nasal tubes and so on, which is a worry in itself. 60% of the people in there have actually been deemed by the CIA to be of no threat to America as well. Well, yeah, and <laughs> a lot of them have been released from the court, as in the jurisdiction. Like They've already said, yes, you will be released, but they're still in there, and that's why they're on hunger strike. A lot of the people that are on hunger strike have already been cleared for release. Have li- America literally forgotten about this place? Well, I don't know. No, I... But essentially, right? No, they haven't, because they just drafted in another te- another team of Navy medical Navy SEALs medics to do the force feeding. I didn't I didn't want to break this to you, but I've actually got some inside information on Guantanamo Bay. Oh, right. uh, they're turning into a theme park. Oh, it's going to be an experience. You can go with the entire family. You can get waterboarded. You can get a picture of your waterboard and your dad yeah. with an electric chair. Um, and you can, actually, <laughs> you can actually get a picture with one of the uh, real inmates. While you urinate on them. He can put a sandwich up to the mouth and go, oh, okay. <laughs> the worrying thing is, is that actually could be possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> America, what happened? There's also rumours that you know Congress won't let the let it be closed because uh, they can't get prisoners, you know, inhabited somewhere else. They can't get yeah. any other countries to take them, which does beg the question: Why did you take them in in the first place? <laughs> They did offer prisoners to Latvia and they would allow Obama to go over there. That was genuinely one of the things. I think another one that people were saying is that they're too westernised now. A lot of the governments that said, can you know, can we release these prisoners back into your jurisdiction? They were, they're too westernised now. Which means, no, they're probably now extremists. As in, 
you have destroyed their lives and they will now become extremists, which is exactly what Obama said. It's a breeding ground for people who already have maybe a veiled dislike of the way America does things. You then put them in a confined camp with other people who don't like the way America works and then they get beaten up and force-fed and abused and then you go, okay, we'll see you later. You know, how can you not expect that to be a breeding ground for future terrorists? It's like you expect America to think in the long term of these kind of things. I mean, the Iraq war was so well planned. Yeah, these are the people years. that elected George Bush twice. Well, once. Once, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and Al Gore the first time. The, the thing is with Guantanamo Bay is, is it's such a nice place in the world. And really, it's kind of like sandals or butlins. It's really just a very private getaway. I think you're giving you're... a bad name to Guantanamo Bay, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> Have you seen Butlins? They do worse things to people. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not actually as bad as what everyone makes out, because if they had human rights, then where have the UN been on all of this? Shut up. Where, where have the Red shut Cross up, been shut, on all shut, of this? It's a little bit hard if you're trying to tell me to shut up with your finger bent on a podcast when only people can see... Okay. Stop. This is the Stop argument it. against Guantanamo by America. Isn't I am it? Ban Ki Moon. Shut up. Seriously, this is ridiculous. Ban Ki Moon is trying to play a really good game of solitaire on his computer. You cannot interrupt him for these kind He's of things. He's been playing like... a game of chess against the expert computer for like the last three years. Deep Carefully blue. thinking through yeah. every move. Mm. Mm. I love the UN. I've, you know I do. It, it's, it was a good idea, but seriously. It is literally just America's rubber stamp. Local election news now. Excuse me, but when has my wheelie bin going to be collected? There was foxes the other night. Foxes, I tell you! <laughs> when are people going to bl- uh, fill in my bloody potholes? <laughs> potholes, Adam. Uh, UKIP leader Nigel Farage has hailed gains in council elections as a game-changer, in scare quotes, basically. UKIP won over 140 seats and averaged 25% of the vote in the wards where it is standing. Do we agree with Mr Farage? No. Can I explain why very quickly? No. (laughs) Because the local elections are pointless, where people who qualify to vote just because they're slightly above being legally stated as lunatics. I've called a lot of people lunatics this episode, I realise, but a lot of people just vote on one issue, and essentially a party that hates Europe has been voting in in some places, and it it won't do anything. It's been voted into the one place where it can do nothing about Europe, which is local (laughs) election level. (laughs) As I said earlier to both of you, what are they standing on? In local election issues. Soapboxes. That's the only thing. They, 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 they don't... Their policy is get out of Europe. After that, Im, limiting immigration, isn't it? Um, Keeping British British, Ben. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what that means. What, what is British? Define British. Toleration of the and multiculturalism, but then also being distinctly racist. Of the group of islands that makes this area of a continent. Yeah. 
how many people here in this room can say that they're British going back like five generations? Yeah. 100% British. Half half of my family, that's probably it. I can't. So. I can't say. That's true. Yeah, so. but you used to, your family used to rule India? Allegedly. Maybe. It's not allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone's got a little bit twitchy about that. Uh, we the don't, thing we is, don't, we're not in possession of the full facts. I'm... Farage, isn't that a French name? Yes, it is. Yeah. His family were French Protestants that fled the uh, Catholic monarchy. So, <sighs> that's my history degree for you there. The first thing I don't understand, on maybe this is a comment about the UK in general, is why are we so anti-Europe? What is the problem? Oh, because there's water between us? Yeah, I, I know. We fought a world war against them, Ben. Every time we've been invaded... 80 years ago. Every time we've been invaded, where has it been from? Exactly. Exactly. And they come here, they take our what land. What about the fabled invasion from Greenland in 1174? <laughs> that was technically owned by Denmark. Harold the Green. That that didn't really do much then, and he was European. See, they just take whatever land they want, Ben. That's why we've got to fight them. We've got to fight them on the beaches. What about the Scots? They invaded us. They're European. They're basically us, <laughs> They're the same. The Scots are us as well. We just invaded them right back. I'm too Russell, they can't, can't do it. The thing about Nigel Farage, and it's a very serious political point that you've got to take into account of, is when you look at the man, you just want to punch him. And that's my serious political point. <laughs> in terms of the actual election outcomes, in terms of councils, the Conservatives have lost ten control of ten councils. Labour have gained um, two. 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 Yeah. The Democrats have lost or gained no councils. UKIP Somehow. have lost or gained none. Greens have lost and gained none. Others, none. No overall control is up eight. So they've gained eight. No, no overall. Well, no one's gained it, but we've gained eight councils that are going to be in coalition. Exactly. Yeah. It's just reflecting the times, Ben. The councillors. Conservatives lost 335 councillors. The Liberal Democrats lost 124. UKIP gained 139. And Labour gained 291. Which is always going to happen. This is what Nigel Farage doesn't realise. Is that if you look at every single election, pretty much. Midterm election, by-election, whatever. The incumbent government gets hammered. Regardless. The other thing about these local elections is this was pretty much Middle England vote. So he was always going to pick up from the racist end, the anti-European end, and then just generally annoyed conservative voters were always going to vote for him. If you look at that map before these elections, there was yeah. one council, which was Labour, mm. and then there was one that they they kind of controlled through uh, agreements with independents. So they've the conservatives, as much as they now only have 18, have done very badly. Very badly in this. But then Labour haven't done it as well as really they should have done. They should have been absolutely hammering the Conservative parties. There's a lot of areas, looking at the map, we've got the map on the screen, there's a lot of areas in what you will class as Labour heartlands that will come round. All of these, all of the little seats in the northwest, in the upper north and midlands as well, will more than likely become Labour as well afterwards. Down in the south, you haven't got a chance really. I mean... They're always going to be blue. They're always going to be blue. Um, a lot of ones in the north are under no overall control as well. well like yeah. Obviously, in a general election, that isn't going to happen. Yeah. They're going to swing Labour. And Scotland will either be SNP or Labour. Conservatives do not win seats in Scotland, and they never will. Probably. They've won one. They win the border. Well, yeah. 
but they'll probably lose that because the guy who is actually the MP there isn't ad expletive. An yeah. odious man. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad you saved me there. But the thing is about this is everyone's going to go, oh, well, it's just an opinion poll of the local election. The, the general election is like, it's not. The... Yeah, you can pro- like you can project it outwards, which yeah. you can't. Because... As we've said, like in a general election, people go, don't go so much for protest votes because obviously it is the people who are going to be running our country. They're not going to necessarily go for a massive protest against the major parties. They're going to be more partisan. It's like, I don't want the Conservatives to get in, so I will vote Labour, etc. Can we talk about UKIP in its actual self in the way it, way it's been run? It's run itself very successfully. Are we talking obviously. about UKIP or are we going to talk about Veritas? No, we're talking about UKIP. Okay. The way that they've run their council standings has been very, very good. Yeah, there's been some slip-ups with some people getting caught on Facebook making Nazi salutes and so on and so on and so on. But... Without being horrible, they, they've literally just gone, we don't like Europe and we don't like immigrants. Do you like immigrants taking your jobs? Vote UKIP. That has literally been their council stance and then they've they've been standing Correct. in places which is full of closet racists. Correct, but is that not a bigger problem for British politics then? That a party that does stand on that ticket is broadly getting 25% of the vote. But I want them to get an MP because they'll get absolutely destroyed when they genuinely have to answer but a question which isn't European. I've had this discussion with you already. We aren't the ones that decide who gets into power. It's idiots who vote for them that are. Does that not signal a wider problem with multiculturalism, with British culture, with the political landscape, that UKIP can be seen as a viable alternative? Yeah, well, as I've said before on the podcast, they do appeal to working class people who are mostly pretty much completely ignored by the major parties. They are at least saying something to them. I mean, if somebody comes up to you and say, oh, you've no got a jo- not got a job, but there's absolutely no reason for this, there's nothing I could do, or you get UKIP coming in and say, you don't have a job because immigrants are taking it, then you're going to grasp uh, to the people who, you know, say, this is why I can do something for you, effectively. Countries have to learn from history. And I'm not calling them a party that I will insinuate, but the last time we had an economic crash in Europe... And the right wing did very well. That's pretty sure what the tactics of a certain other party did. Oh, well, it's these people are taking your jobs. Yeah, it is true. Is that right not a problem? Is, yeah, but is that not a problem with politics, with our yeah. politics? The mainstream we're, parties should be doing better to attract these people. We're voters. not above that. That just shows that now, in the year 2013, we still have the tendency to victimise a group of people in a country irrationally. That is a fact. 25% of people that voted in this election, voted for a party that is doing that. Yeah, but in my opinion, right, and this opinion has changed over the years, that, in my opinion, isn't the fault of the political system. You get the political system you deserve, and we have an electorate that doesn't understand a lot of issues. Or are it they increasingly very... alienated by a political class, which is exactly what you, you get, keep yeah, but you get the you get the political elite because you deserve that political elite. If you don't inform yourself, if you don't actually go, do you know what? I don't think what they've said there is true, and you look into your own facts, and then you make a you make judgments off of what Bob from the pub said that some Romanian guy came in making two hundred grand in benefits or the Daily Mail, as some people like to call it, then you get that, because you're going to vote for idiots. You're going to vote for people who represent those opinions, and that damages the politics. What do we do about it, then? You inform the electorate? I'd say that's the opposite, then, because the political class deliberately misinforms people. They frame debates in certain ways to misinform. Exactly. 
immigration there's never a like balanced argument about it so many much inf- misinformation is put out and nobody ever like refutes it in any way i think on immigration if if you say some stuff about how it's good for the country you hate britain and if you say it's bad for the country you're a racist there's no one who can genuinely go we need immigration because well we, we can yeah we can, we can but in politics is what i mean is if you stood up in front of the entire electorate and went, if we didn't have any immigrants coming into this country, we would be ruined as an economy. You'd get tomatoes thrown at you, yeah, you'd you get would, booed. Yeah. And then if you went on there and you went, we can't allow any immigrants in because they steal yeah, people's yeah. jobs, you'll Where's also get booed blood, by yeah. some people. The problem is, is that we have such a ridiculous view of immigration in this country because no one genuinely researches their own facts. They allow politicians to frame the debate no one actually this is why i have a growing concern for democracy we have rights and responsibilities in democracy your yeah. responsibility is to be an informed citizen yeah and to actually make informed opinions and vote on them and we don't too many people are just happy to sit in their house and do nothing and maybe that is because they're disillusioned but if you want to complain about how something's terrible then you've got to make a change. You can't just carry on sitting there and allow it to be like that, and there's too many people in this country that do it. Mm. I would argue sort of slightly against it in the fact that, I don't know, if somebody is trying to get informed by reading, like, certain tabloid newspapers... Read the BBC. Yeah, but maybe... The BBC's not even as impartial as it was, but carry on. But, you know, there is, as I said, there is so much misinformation out there. Even, like, even broadsheet like have their own agendas they all frame debates in certain ways so how are you supposed to get a clear view of the facts without spending quite a lot of time which maybe like if you've got a quite a strenuous job you've got kids you've not got time to do you rely on like the hey, news yeah. telling you things yeah. you rely on newspapers yeah and if they're not telling you the that's truth that's what i'm saying is are we expecting too much of an elect you know um a, a voting base that doesn't have the time to inform themselves and frankly, I don't think and we they have the resources have, anymore. Yeah, they don't have proper resources to do it because so many people put debates in so many just stupid ways. The veiled thing I'm getting to is, is the way that we run, however we, we run politics, in fact, sowing the seeds of its own destruction, which is we create a political class that is so different from the way that normal people think that they then can't engage with politics and so then are drawn in to the kind of people like the UKIP who talk very eloquently in a very normal way about what they think about politics you know Nigel Farage I made the comment earlier he smokes and he goes down the pub he is the quintessential man to at least 50% of the population but he also if you try and call him out on anything he just shouts over the top of you he he I genuinely, like, I don't like David Cameron. He's a very good politician in how he does his things because he gets what he wants. But Nigel Farage is just very good at being that man to people who are ill-informed. Can we read some quotes about UKIP from from people that voted for UKIP? Um, These are all on the BBC website. Um, Does it have their IQ next to it? No, it doesn't. Um, The UKIP effect, it's called uh, What Voters Are Saying by Jeremy... Gagan? Gagan? Gagan. Um, it's a foreign third, name. Yeah. Get him out! 3rd of May, Irish, yeah. Um, on the 3rd of May, so you can you can look this up yourself as well. Some of the quotes, um, Jeff 
Uh, Cowles from Rotherham said, I've been disenchanted with politics and certainly with the EU and the issue of immigration. I'll therefore be voting UKIP in all future elections. The sooner we get out from under the shackles of the EU and begin trading on a global basis, regain our borders and run our country on a democratic basis, the better. Rotherham that has benefited from pretty much the most money from the EU development fund. Well, yeah, correct, correct. But who's told him that? Valerie Hearn and Tadley said, I think it's a good start for UKIP. People are fed up with the way things are in this country and want out of the EU. It's time to make a stand, and I think UKIP is the party to do that for our country before we lose it completely. These people are idiots. Sorry, but they are. They don't understand what they're talking about. Well, yeah, but they have a vote. <laughs> and that, this is why I've had that discussion with you many times. Um, well, I don't have to listen Neil to Thomas them. from Oakley in Hampshire says, something that I think here is touching on what the actual theme is. It's wonderful that UKIP has done so well. Clearly what the average person wants and the UK needs. I think we, and people probably listen to this podcast, aren't the average person. We're trying to argue against UKIP's policy from a position of being university graduates with an education and the ability to discern information and say, this is BS, this is fair, that's wrong. Um, you know. But the people out there in the real world, and this is the criticism that they level against politicians, is that they don't live in the real world. Yeah, but these, people these people don't live, live in the real world. They live in the, the microcosm of idiocracy. They live in the, the real world. They live in the most people live in that world. That's the only way you can define what a real world is. The they live in an idiot's in matrix. Well, yeah. Because the thing is, going, oh well, you get policies. They don't have policies. It's literally they just cut, copy and paste the first two lines and then just go, and it's the EU's fault. If we left the EU. Our economy would be worse. Peter Moran, Leakin Staffordshire. Labour voter all of his life. He said, like many, I know we're fed up with the main parties not understanding the harm that's being done to communities, local economies and ordinary folk. Ignore UKIP at your peril, in my opinion. Mainstream parties are fast losing credibility with masses. Again, ordinary folk. Yeah, but he, right, I'm a, uh, I vote Labour all my life, so I'll swing to the right instead of swing to the left. Yeah, oh. but he doesn't think about it in that term, so I'm guessing. Well, yeah, then he's won't. an idiot then. Because he he will have voted Labour all his life when it was old Labour. They have yeah. represented the working class. Now UKIP have positioned themselves as a party that do represent the Labour working class rapidly. in some ways. Labour went rapidly to Thatcherite. It's like what Under I said. Like, the working class has been ignored completely by all the mainstream parties. UKIP, they think, even if they're wrong, UKIP position themselves as giving themselves a voice to the working class. And that's why people will vote for them and nobody is arguing against them because they have ignored the working class yeah there's no argument against UKIP they could be swatted aside so easily but none of the mainstream parties are interested in it outside I like a them... tiny slice of votes in middle England yeah. which will win them an election I want them to do well I want them to get an MP and I want them to be forced to have to actually think about what they actually Mike Mason policies are. Norfolk he said the voting for UKIP on several core beliefs, which would be Europe, immigration, human rights, and self-government. These are all things that aren't being identified and looked at by the main parties. And I agree with them. But his human rights are going to be that he's against human well, rights. Well, yeah, whatever. But that doesn't matter. If there's 51% of the people in the country who don't believe in human rights, then there ain't no human rights. That is the fact. I literally don't care about that anymore. Yeah. They're idiots. I'm going to ignore them. Yeah. Self-government. We don't <laughs> give away that much sovereignty. Seriously. But if people want to look into it, they will realise we don't actually give up that much. I am worried by British politics because it's the tyranny of the majority. I'm not worried if about politics. Get... I'm worried about the electorate. They're all well, idiots. Yeah. If you get 51% of the people saying, 
I don't like Europe. I don't like immigrants. Let's lynch them. I don't like human rights, and I want self-govern. That will become the status quo. And do you know what I would agree with? That's so dangerous. Do you know what I would agree with if that came the point? The right to bear arms. Well, yeah. Because I would genuinely go, (laughs) screw it, coup d'etat. I'm sorting this place out. It's a joke. UKIP, they're not a protest party. They're not the party of the working class. They are the party of an establishment. They are further right wing. They are basically a party that exists because some conservatives got pissed off with how the party was towards Europe and then they swung to the right. That is exactly what happened. The broader question, what do we do about this lurch? How, How as a society do we combat the lurch? Every time there's a downturn pretty much in recent history, which is all you can really go on politics-wise, and even into history, you'll know that, certain groups of people are victimised. Because people need to be informed. Yeah, that's all we have to do. Even the the main parties have to say, you know, UKIP have these foundations, this is why they're pretty stupid. They have one policy, they claim they're anti-establishment when they're pretty much like the most establishment, anti-establishment party in existence. Yeah. And we just need to inform people. We need to is get it, proper information out there in simple, is yeah, it digestible tend- things. Is it a tendency of the political system that we adopt that then allows this kind of thing to happen? Is it a failure in the political system? Or is it something else? Is I think it a failure a, of humans? I think it's a failure in the education system. We teach for far too long. We've taught people what to think instead of how to think. Well, I agree with you there. We've Definitely gone, these don't. are the opinions of everyone else, there you go, mm. make your mind up from that, instead of going, oh, this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened, how do you think that? Because my favourite quote from Tony Robinson, if you don't learn the errors of the past, you're doomed to re- repeat, uh, them, repeat yeah. the same mistakes. And this is exactly what it is. It's not as big as the errors in the no, past, isn't, I'll but, give that, but it's still the same themes that we're not learning not from. Not to invoke Godwin, Hitler wasn't bad when he first came into power. He hadn't done anything wrong when he was first elected. Well, he burnt down the Reichstag. But, yeah, but... Nobody ever proved that, unfortunately. He he hadn't genocidally killed anyone. But this is what I mean is, if there is something that is fundamentally wrong with the way we do things, that then can then keep meaning that we will repeat and allow people to vote for these parties that are absolute crap and run the country into the ground every hundred years... Don't we need to change something else? Is there not something broader that we change? That's. Uh, I mean, there probably isn't an answer to this. But maybe this may be going out a bit of a limb. But the us being under a capitalistic society, people are always out for their own interests. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, newspapers are always going to put certain facts in certain ways profit. to profit. Obviously, outrage sells, etc. Politicians are always looking for basically just power. Yeah. They're more interested, as I said before, like the tiny slice of votes in Middle England that will get them power. That's all they're interested in. They're not interested in like a wider good. Yeah. And so, obviously, I'm just going to say full communist state. Yeah. I unironically agree with you. But... Yeah. Can I just add something before we obviously end this, before we all top ourselves? I'm not going to top myself. I'm just. I'm pretty I want to ask the question because it just worries me that. It seems we get in the same well, vein the, of thought. The all one the time. thing, and it's an interesting word that Fish uses, is power. Mm. Politicians, in my opinion, don't come to power. They get in a position to govern. And I think that's something that has been lost in British politics that politicians should want to govern and improve. Yeah, they don't society. have power without the people themselves. Exactly. 
And that's what democracy is aimed at doing: people it's, power, isn't it? it? This wouldn't; these people would not get anywhere near government if we had PR. Well, they would. They would still get twenty odd percent of the vote, but they'd just be forced to compromise on a lot of things. Yeah, so, and then they would, the thing is, though, is because you would use your vote a lot. I think if people knew that my vote counts, they would obviously think. A I don't. Little bit I about don't it. think. I don't think even if you brought in PR, that turnout would go up that much. I think okay. there's a general issue in this country with voter alienation, structural reforms. You know, reforms over the last twenty years, inbuilt resistance towards education of politics. Politics, you know, when people say, when I say to people I did PPE, you say I did history and politics, people go, oh, you know, like it's a subject for someone who's highly intelligent. Well, I'm not saying it isn't, but it, there's there's kind of that thing, there's that, been that slant towards almost anti-intellectualism, you know. And I think that's probably a wider thing in Britain is that people really don't want to care about politics. They would rather care happy. about a new flat screen TV. But then they're happy to go down the pub and complain about the price. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything think... is political. Yeah. Well, I'm really depressed now, so. Can I end this with a final quote? Yeah. Screw you, Farage. <laughs> we can all agree on that. Comedy terrorism news now. Um. Six would-be terrorists have uh, pleaded guilty to plotting an attack on the far-right English Defence League uh, with a demonstration with homemade bombs, guns, knives and a machete. Uh, The men all from the West Midlands had planned to attack the EDL supporters who were holding a rally in Dewsbury in uh, West Yorkshire in June last year. Uh, Police believed the mission was only abandoned when the group turned up after the EDL demonstration had finished. Top planning. Uh, Omar Khan, Mohammed Saeed, Jul Yudin, and Zahabi Ahmed, uh, along with Anzal Hussein, uh, all pleaded guilty. Uh, and a sixth man, Mohammed Hassan, uh, also pleaded guilty to the same offence and possessing a document likely to be of use to a person preparing or committing an act of terrorism. <laughs> wordy trial, wordy, um, wordy charge. Yeah. 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 Uh, all the defendants except Hassan had travelled in two cars from Birmingham. And essentially, they just got there late, uh, which meant they didn't get to blow up the EDL. Uh, they had a 10 A4 printout of a document addressed to David Cameron and the Queen, but set out in chilling terms their determination to take revenge on the enemies of Allah and the drunken English English Drunkards League. <laughs> Very witty. That's pretty good, to be fair. Well done. Um, it stated, we love death more than you love life. <laughs> what we did today was a direct retaliation of your insulting of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and also in retaliation of your crusade against Islam slash Muslims on a global scale. And without being horrible to the EDL, it's only actually on the English scale because they can't think of other countries. So. Yeah, they don't want to be associated with other countries. They can't <laughs> even say the word France. Fun, fun, fun. That, that, that. Good joke there, Adam. But yeah, just how, how, when you're a Muslim, will you go, these people are demonising Muslims, are people who basically blow up stuff and are a major threat to the West. What we're going to do is, we're going to blow them up. <laughs> That'll show them. That'll change so many opinions of us. Just, what are they doing? And then they get there late. Did Chris Morris write this? Seriously. (laughs) 
Apparently, from off the news, they actually put the wrong postcode in into the TomTom. <laughs> so, well, I'd heard as well that the EDL ran out of speakers as well. Mm. So they, they'd obviously had a certain amount of people showing up and then a couple of them didn't make it. So well, they went, oh, it's like one o'clock, we'll go to Greg's and then we'll go home or whatever. You know there's, what I mean? there's only so many people who can go up on a platform and go, do you know what I hate? Black people! <laughs> yeah, before you get tired and you've heard all the same arguments. Yeah. 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 So basically, on a massive mission where they were potentially going to end their own lives, they didn't think to maybe sort of give themselves a bit of time before the thing <laughs> to set up, maybe. They obviously I mean, weren't committed. No. They basically got there. We're going to do it right at the last minute. These are like procrastinating terrorists, really. And that's what's wrong with this country, Ben. Part-time. They're all part-timers. <laughs> If they wanted to experience true hell on earth, they could have just stayed at a premier in the night before or something like that. <laughs> no, I'm unfair to premiers, they're quite good. Nova in or something like that. They're not related to terrorism in any way. <laughs> as far, as, as, far we as we know. At the time yes. of recording, those are the facts. But hey, if you're listening in 2050, about that premier in it. Lenny Henry, <laughs> what are you doing with that detonator? <laughs> we're coming on to our weekly game true lies what killed the dinosaurs the ice age <laughs> that was arnold schwarzenegger in uh, i think was it batman begins batman forever batman, Return, batman forever batman forever yeah he played it superbly cool party those were my cookies <laughs> i've done that one before <laughs> over to you david fisher thank you ben basically i'll read out three stories two are false one is true Ben and Adam need to guess which is the right one. So, story one. A French councillor has died in fairly embarrassing circumstances. Jerome Roten, a councillor in a district of Montpellier, suffered fatal head injuries after an attempt at autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> went badly wrong. The fixture Roten had att- attached his rope to could not bear his weight, leading it to collapse and Roten to hit his head on the edge of his <laughs> coffee table. He was found hours later by his wife and two children. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Awkward turtle. Yeah. A bit of an awkward turtle. <laughs> Story two. Two suspected peeping toms earned themselves a cuffing last week after apparently crashing through the ceiling of the women's toilet in a Georgia cinema, having failed to correctly assess the structure's load-bearing capacity. That's two stories with... Two stories with load-bearing capacity. capacity. Yeah, okay. Making it difficult for you. <laughs> According to the cops, Edward Convene and Edward Convene allegedly climbed from the men's restroom at the Venture Value Cinema in Atlanta on Sunday night oh. and positioned themselves above the stall of the women's. Edward Covine and Edward Covine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, Bloody foreigners. <laughs> All sounds the same. Yeah. That's just annoyingly like I like, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that is Let's be honest. Good, yeah. It's like they went to a thing of who like a convention of similar names. It was like, <laughs> oh, you've got the same name as me. We should be friends. Are you a peeping Tom? I am. <laughs> I am. Funny thing you ask. I tell you what, though, they were more peeping Edwards. <laughs> Moving on to story three. That's <laughs> the sound of Adam <laughs> leaving. You can come back now, Adam. You ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> A pub in Carlisle have reacted to George Osborne's cut of duty of beer by one pence by encouraging their customers to send their spare pennies back to him. The Cumberland Inn have organised a campaign for all patrons to put a penny in an envelope and send them en masse to the Chancellor. 
Landlord Carl Smith initiated the plan by sending a letter to 11 Downing Street containing the message, this will be of more use to you than it will be to me. So, any thoughts, gentlemen? Have you got any thoughts on question one? It's it's not weird enough for it to be French. <laughs> French, <laughs> French. If it was, yeah, it could be Dutch or something. You go, yeah, possibly. It yeah. isn't weird enough. And also the district of Montpellier. Montpellier is a big place, so yeah, I don't think it could get, be... You're, you're too focused on your, your uh, technicalities, but uh, yeah. Um, well, I did do a hell of a lot of French politics, so I kind of understand. Fate, I mean, he, fatal head injury, so he died. Yeah. Yeah, well, basically, yeah sorry, yeah, yeah. Hemorrhaged after a while because he was by himself. He needed a few hours to himself to <laughs> completely endeavour. That's a completely different way of leaving a mess on the floor. Isn't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Not quite what he intended. Right, okay. Sorry, um, too. Those names are so alike that I actually think it's probably true, just because the names are so alike. But that might be a really bad piece of logic. Yeah, why not? It's Georgia. It seems like something that some people would do. The Venture Value Cinema in Atlanta. It means if it's Georgia in America. Yeah. Okay, the Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. And Americans are well known. Yeah, they are immigrants. Perverts. I will say. Right. Okay. Uh, and then story three. I think I may have heard about that if it was actually going on. Yeah. It's a thing I would do, but then the Cumberland Inn is such a stupid name for a pub. Same. Pubs do have pretty generic names. And they were Red Lion. Yeah. How the many red lines are there? There's one literally next to your house. Adam. And there's a white line as well. What are you clumping for, Adam? Uh, um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go um, story two because I just think okay. it could be two fresh off the boat people who just gone like, ooh, Roman, you know, um, women. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go story two. Uh, I'm going to go because I know he was having a problem making up a story. Come I on. don't think he would have made up Edward Covine and Kovniev, but then I think he might have wanted me to think that. Yeah, so don't but then I think he might have wanted me to think an elaborate double bluff. He might have triple bluff. He might have wanted me to think that he couldn't do that by thinking about it, he couldn't do it, so he wants me to pick that triple one. Triple bluff. The paint's a triple bluff. Just make a decision, Adam. Yeah. I'm going to go with number two as well. Ooh. Oh, okay, put us out of our misery. Right, you both get a point this week. Yes! High five! Yes! Yeah. <laughs> the names were obviously an indication. Well, it could just as well have been a French guy, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. So that's three points to me, two points to you, and one point to Fish. Mm-hmm. If I'm right. Jerome Roffin. Jesus, I feel sorry for your fake children. So this was the end of the show now, and as usual, what we've learned, I've learned that the British electorate really has me worried. Adam? I'm too angry. <laughs> Adam has learned he's too angry to articulate anything. <laughs> Fish, have you learned anything? Um, I have learned that capitalism is the wrong system, and that we should overthrow all forms of government and fire ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Further into space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Twitter and Facebook, as usual, you can follow us at, at This Week in Lives, um, at Ben Farmer for me, at David Fisher 8, and at AWH91. It's got a lot angrier in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Facebook we're still not doing yet. We've not had too much demand for Facebook. Uh, emails is this weekend lies at outlook.com. Yep. Bloody outlook. And finally, thanks very much for listening. From Ben, the host, Adam. Hello. Hello. We're saying goodbye. <laughs> He's so used to saying it. Goodbye from Adam. And goodbye from Fish. Goodbye. Civvies later. This Week in Lies was sponsored by... The United Kingdom Independence Party. Nigel, they're asking us questions about something which isn't to do with Europe. What do we do? Blame the immigrants.